When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay. I hope you had a great weekend. It was a hot one again. Yes, it was. Even when I, I touched down uh, very late, uh, around quarter to nine uh, in the evening on Saturday from Ottawa. It was a long travel day, a connection through Winnipeg, delays <laughs> in Ottawa, delays in Winnipeg, finally got home, 8.45 in the evening. And uh, I'm sitting on the, or standing outside waiting for the shuttle to uh, take me to uh, the vehicle. I actually got a ride home from Jerry Montajong, who picked me up, because we, like, live five minutes away from each other. So that that's always that's always helpful. Um, and I turned to Jerry, and I go, it's hot. It's hot even at, you know, the sun's going down, and it's, like, 20-whatever degrees. I'm like, it's hot. Yeah, it felt hotter than Ottawa. But I hope you had a good weekend. It was, uh, I mean, lot, lots going on. The Fringe. Wrapping up, I hope you enjoyed that if you went. I know Reed did, and uh, the Edmonton Marathon as well. The first time an in-person marathon in three years, so since uh, 2019. Well, they had one last year, but it was virtual. So, yeah, the first in-person marathon since 2019. So that was pretty solid. And, uh, yeah, setting up for another another hot one this week, and looks like it's going to be very warm weather going into the uh, long weekend in September, which is Labor Day. And can you believe we're two weeks away from the Labor Day Classic 2022 version? What will that look like? Uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll unpeel that orange over the next couple of weeks for sure. Hey, it's Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight. As uh, Wilkie, another week off. He'll be back a week tonight as uh, we'll set you up for Labor Day. We'll set you up for the Elks run after Labor Day, if there is a run to be had there. And their next game, by the way, is on Saturday against those Ottawa Red Blacks again. And you can catch that game right here on 630 Chet, 3.30 countdown to kickoff with Brendan Escott, Blake Dermott, cast the thousands, let me tell you, and then the kickoff on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium at 5 o'clock with uh, Morley and I calling the action. Morley be, will be by later on as he will present the Elks this week between 7.30 and 8 o'clock tonight. But a glorious chance for the Elks to break a 12-game home losing streak. And I think it's it's right there on the tee. It's right there, folks. And the chance for the Elks to win their first, or achieve their first two-game win streak of the season. They win by a score of 30-12. to 12, And uh, it wasn't pretty in the first half for much of it. It was not very good. But then they got things going in the second half. I think my favorite moment, there are a lot of good moments in that second half, but finally, Darrell Walker breaks a long, scoreless drought, and uh, he finds Paydirt. Kayla Cornelius takes the snap, releases to the end zone. There it is. Touchdown, Elks. And Darrell Walker has his first touchdown since oh. September 20th, 
2019 when he was a member of the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, you know, he's been working his butt off uh, to try and get in that end zone. Uh, I was happy we could get that done tonight. I didn't, I didn't think he was ever going to come out of that slant, but he finally did, and uh, he made a play for us. That's got to feel good for oh, number he's eight, seven. his fist. He threw the football way up in the air and has been pumping his fist a couple of times. Darrell Walker, welcome back to the end zone. Oh, man, it was an amazing feeling, man. I'm just happy I was able to get in the end zone for the team and put up a, a very viable touchdown at the point in the game, and I'm just thankful, man. Like you said, it's been a while, but hey, man, we've been keeping the ball rolling and trying to figure it out week by week, and tonight was the night, and I'm just thankful. He's one of our veteran guys that we depend on, and he's a guy that's been a good player in this league for a long time, and so he uh, he was able to, you know, get some targets tonight, and unfortunately he wasn't able to, you know, finish a couple of the deep ones, but he did end up getting into the end zone, which was big for him. So first touchdown since 2019 as he was a member of the Toronto Argos, as Morley said on the call, three catches, 36 yards, eight targets, and there was a couple deep shots that uh, did not quite get connected very, very close on both of them. I think the second one was the was the closest chance compared to the first. Um, so Taylor Cornelius, who, by the way, went uh, 16 of 27, so he's still around that 59% completion rate. Kind of a throwback right now. I mean, if you're in the 65% range or high 60s, I mean, no one was any better at, at completing passes this year than Nathan Rourke, and hopefully we will see him again. We'll talk about that situation with the BC Lions in a moment. But uh, 208 yards, two touchdown passes, so he has, he has four touchdowns, four interceptions this year. And uh, the efficiency rating, which I don't bring up a lot, but 108.3, which is, uh, look, I'll tell you is that's very good being that his average was around, I think it was hovering around 80, somewhere in that range. But uh, it's good to get Darrell Walker going. Um, now, Kenny Lawler is the best receiver the Elks have. It's not close, in my view. Um, he is now Lawler. Uh, he is uh, still fifth. Still fifth in receiving yards with 703. Got his fifth touchdown pass. But Walker, I believe... No, he's still third. He is behind Manny Arsenault by uh, quite a bit, actually. But he has 379 yards passing and uh, one touchdown. And still trying to build that chemistry with Taylor Cornelius. It's, it's coming better. It's getting better week by week. He's getting more comfortable back there. And, and he's been playing very well, man. So I'm just happy I can make that catch for him and put our team in a good position. And, you know, we just continue to, to stack the weeks up and continue to, to pour into him and continue to watch his growth and allow him to go out there and play his best game week in and week out. And we just want to make sure we put him in the best position as far as receivers and catching everything that comes our way. So, yes, uh, that first half. Oh, gee whiz, that first half. This team still doesn't make it easy on themselves, and they still don't make it easy on their coaching staff, uh, led by Chris Jones, but obviously happy with the win. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. 
Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm proud of the second half. I mean, the guys came out and we played, you know, solid defense, got the ball back. And even more importantly, uh, we held on to the football for, uh, I don't know exactly what the time of possession was in the second half, but offensively we were, we were able to hang on to the football and uh, finish with some touchdowns instead of kicking a bunch of field goals. I have the answer you seek, Chris Jones. Uh, you held Your offense held on to the ball for 22 minutes and 29 seconds in the second half and produced 16 first downs. There we go. There you go. I mean, if we do that, we've got a chance to be a really good football team. And, you know, we, uh, we shot ourselves in the foot in the first half. Uh, in all three phases, but especially, you know, uh, we took the, the roughing to extend the drive, which allowed them to score a touchdown, and and then we uh, we gave them two more 15-yard no yards by being in the halo, and and uh, we we've still got a lot to figure out. We've, you know, we won the football game, but there's there's plenty to look at and improve upon. And uh, Chris Jones uh, expanded a bit more on that first half, which was not really doing very much, hard to watch. Not really doing much offensively, and then they're having to kick a field goal, and you run in there and run into the kicker. You know, uh, it's it's one of those frustrating deals where it's like, uh, you know, how many times do we have to do that? Do we figure it out? You know, so we uh, we as players and coaches, we have to coach it better, and we have to play it better. I. <laughs> You notice that chuckle there, Kellen, right? That's not a very happy chuckle. Nervous <laughs> chuckle. You know, <laughs> not nervous, but just aggravated chuckle, I guess. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, we keep doing the same darn things over and over again, and we're 10 games into the season, mm-hmm. and we keep doing the same things over and over again. Yes. But I'm happy. <laughs> What's the old yeah. saying? If you keep doing the same thing over and over, that's the definition of insanity. I think uh, it's, yeah. it's saying the same, doing the same things and repeating them. So, and it's pretty crazy, isn't it? I mean, their penalty numbers were uh, not good again. Better than one hundred and what was it, forty yards of penalties against the Riders in that loss, what thirty-four twenty-three. Uh, this time it was. Let's see, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? It's here somewhere. Ah, there it is. Eight penalties for one hundred and three yards. And yeah, the roughing the kicker call on Jake Serezna, who's played so well. We'll talk about that more later but that was a ill-advised decision then you know there were other you know special team penalties were really frustrating and especially by veterans i mean Deion lacy who got back in the lineup took a roughing uh ur unnecessary roughness and yeah it wasn't a big deal i mean he spun terry williams you know a little bit but the problem was he was on the sidelines already so you can't do that mike dubison takes a no yards penalty in the fourth quarter that's a veteran who should know where the five yards is for the most part. And then they finally get an explosion return on, on punt. Dylan Mitchell, who I thought looked somewhat dangerous on a couple punt returns, and he had a 58-yarder, and then it's, take, it's taken back from a hold, uh, with a holding call. So one of those things that, you know, there, there's still lots of that, that this team does that makes you want to pull your hair out if you have any left. But the second half was a whole different deal, as Chris Jones said. Uh, I thought our offensive line did a did a nice job, and you know Mac dialed up some pretty good plays to put us in some you know second and manageable, second and short plays, where it allows us to uh, just go monster big and get the first down, keep possession of the ball. 
and uh, you know I thought that was the best thing. We're we're you know I tell, joke with the defense all the time. You know, hey, we're pretty good when they're out there on offense. So we <laughs> we we have to you know we have to encourage them to stay on the field. And and then like I say, they've done some things this year, and unfortunately at the wrong time in the red zone, we uh, we we end up shooting ourselves in the foot, and we have to kick field goals. But. Uh, you know, tonight we were able to to score some touchdowns, which helps us put us in a better situation. So, uh, Jake Ceresna, last three games, nine defensive tackles, four sacks, one tackle for a loss, and one forced fumble. He has been excellent. Niles Morgan, Enoch McConzo are two other players uh, that really caught my eye. And Morgan continues his fine campaign since coming back off the six-game injury list, uh, which he was slapped on the six-game list start of the season. Uh, Morgan with eight more defensive tackles and, uh, Enoch McConzo, the fourth overall selection by the Elks this year, starting a second consecutive game at Sam linebacker, seven tackles for a loss, one or sorry, seven defensive tackles, one for a loss. That's pretty good. And I'll even mention Deron Carter, the much maligned polarizing Deron Carter. And there's been moments where I have, yeah, I'm like, I don't know what he's doing. Although I'm taking what Chris Jones is saying, that it's been a bit of a tough, you know, rec- or, you know, uh, getting him back into the groove after missing two months with the, you know, the bro- uh, bone break in his ankle. But had a good game on the boundary corner for the most part. Now there looked like times where Carter was not really sure where to line up, and you know, you can see he had Ganey like over here or go over there or whatever. And then there was times where they. You know, he and Nafis Lyon were switching spots. So Nafis Lyon started at the wide corner, and sometimes he would go to the short corner and switch places with Deron Carter. But Deron Carter had four defensive tackles and one pass knockdown and looked good on a couple plays where he anticipated the quarterback, anticipated Caleb Evans, broke on the ball and knocked it down or made the tackle. Now, he cheats a lot. He doesn't like playing the press man. We haven't really seen that yet where he's got to face up one-on-one and put a jam on a receiver. He does like to sit back on an island, look back at the quarterback, and time his jump or his break to the ball. And it's good and bad because he's athletic enough and fast enough he can keep up with the receiver. But if he makes the wrong decision, then that receiver is going to victimize him. So this is a big concern that I have at, at times. But you know what? I, I thought he was, he was good at times. And more good than bad. Uh, better pressures and containment in the second half. You know, Caleb Evans went off in the in the first half. He had over 80 yards rushing, and then in the second half did literally nothing. And in fact, the offense of the Red Blacks did literally nothing. So that was strong. So injury front, uh, Tony Washington left the game. The starting left tackle looked like he was okay. There's concern about Manny Arsenault, though, because he was on crutches in his... Uh, uh, the ankle that looked like an ankle injury. It, you know, they're saying lower body injury, so I'm not sure what it is. Ankle foot, but his uh, uh, foot was in an air cast, and he was on crutches. So there's a bit of concern. They they get back to practice tomorrow, and we'll see what happens. So you know, and I know what people are going to say. It's the Red Blacks. It's just the Red Blacks. I'll take you back to 11 months ago, to a game in uh, Ottawa, same spot, same same venue, TD Place. And the Elks lost that football game and at times looked like they had no idea what they were doing. Of course, uh, you know, they were under Jamie Elizondo as their head coach. 
Noel Thorpe was the defensive coordinator. Of course, Elizondo was the offensive coordinator. They had no special teams coordinators. It was just a mess. They lost. Caleb Evans' first start in the CFL, and, and uh, the Red Blacks' only win in their last 20 at home was against the Elks. So, you know what? You take the wins whenever and wherever you get them, and who against whoever. I realize who the Red Blacks are, but if they lost, you know, you're calling Brendan and texting Brendan after the game, you know, and tweeting at me and tweeting at Morley and whoever else and saying, well, how pathetic you lost to the Red Blacks. So as I said, now you have a chance and I'm not disrespecting the Red Blacks here. And I think I'm going to give them all the chance in the world to come into Commonwealth and have a much better performance than they did on Friday and play, you know, more of a complete effort. But it's on the tee. It's on the tee for the Elks. And I think that pressure should be on them this week. If you're going to be a better football team than you are now and you want to be a better football team and be a really good team, you have to handle these kind of moments. 12-game losing streak. It's been awful to witness this. And the Elks have played some good games at home and been close and haven't won. But it's time to smash this streak and start a win streak. Can the Elks make the playoffs? I don't know. I don't know. It helped that the Lions beat the Riders. So now it's instead of six, it's four. As far as the point deficit is concerned, you have to remember the Elks have lost the season series to the Riders. So a lot has to happen. But if you go to four and seven and you go into Calgary, that's, that's better. That's better. And Calgary is facing the Bombers on Thursday. No idea who's going to start a quarterback because Boley of I Mitchell was pulled. Jake Mayer came in, finished that game off, and the Calgary Stampeders rallied to beat the Argos. They're six and three. They lose to Winnipeg on Thursday. They'd be six and four. So that would set up a pretty important Labor Day series for the Elks. You blow this one on Saturday, though, and that isn't going to be a good scene. So let's put the pressure on. Time to bump this slump and get it over with on Friday. And again, 3.30 is the countdown to kickoff. 5 o'clock is the kickoff. Elks, Red Blacks right here on Elks Radio 6.30. Chad, let's get it done. All right. So, you know, another interesting stat, and I'll read some more of these later on if we if we have time, but Brian DeJarlay, who goes by Uncle BD on Twitter, but he's the longtime statistician for the Elks and the Edmonton football team. Uh, he said the Elks have rushed more times in the past. They're rushed more than pass in the last two games. So they had 26 rushes, 23 pass attempts against the Riders, and then 29 rushes, 27 pass attempts against the Red Blacks. Good to uh, good to see that. It's a nice little trend. Uh, Antti Milanovic Litre seems to be the man uh, that is carrying the run game right now, along with the quarterback Taylor Cornelius. Cornelius had 47 yards rushing. Litre had 53. In total, the uh, Elks had 120 yards in rushing. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Hey, it's pretty good on the weekend. Canada is golden. We'll talk about that in a moment.